Okay, good morning. Today's class is in the Unishmatzion Benema, Yerchmel Daniel, Ben Gedalia, and Bezrat Hashem in the Refu Shalema of Rabbi Shalom of Yavne and Bezrat Hashem, Refu Shalema of Hanabat Adel, and Bezrat Hashem, all the Jews in Ukraine. May Hashem help us that we should put this war should go to be over as soon as possible, Bezrat Hashem. We should all ha- only have good news. The world could be very, very dark if you're not focusing on the right, in the right place. That's for sure. All right, today's class, I picked up a great, great book. I love the title. Ten Really Dumb Mistakes That Very Smart Couples Make by Rabbi Benzion Schaefer. Really, really uh, catchy stuff. Um, obviously, we all need training in, in our marriages. Whoever thinks they got it in the bag, that's the be- beginning of the problem. But we all need constant, constant training. And I think it's made, I think it's meant to be that way because this way you're able to uh, solidify your relationship with your creator constantly. Once you think, yeah. once, you, once you start, you know, saying you have something in the bag, then that's the beginning of the problem. Like, like, like we said before, anytime you think you can get comfortable in anything, your creator shows how much uncomfortable you're going to be. All right, so let, he talks about beautiful, beautiful, beautiful concepts. This also applies to Moroccans, if, you know, unless you guys think you're perfect. But it applies to everybody. And it definitely, definitely areas that, again, in this class, uh, full disclosure, I am learning with you. I am not teaching you. I'm learning the class with you. When I do that, this thing seems to be a little bit better. I'm not teaching it. I'm learning it with you. So we're all learning this together. And these are some of the very nice. So first he says the, the, why marriages fail. We have a very, well, number one reason he, th- he says why marriages fail is because everything becomes, too, right, right now we're in a very, he really hit it on the head. Everything becomes very disposable today. You know, it's before there was, what do you mean getting the divorce? Again, sometimes divorce is necessary. I got it. I had divorce. I think it was the greatest move I've ever made. Super happy. Three more kids. Sometimes it's needed. We're not here to talk about the past, but obviously we all, we're all challenged in an area of our lives. But we can't also think everything is disposable. If you thought your business was disposable, if you have a hard time in your business, you're not running out of there, you're trying to fix the problem. But sometimes because of our flaky attitude, and you see sometimes this in, in, in dating, etc. Oh, it's disposable. Disposable plates, disposable forks, everything's disposable. Our spirituality is disposable. We have a very disposable attitude lately. I see that. Very few people are all in. I see that as a big, big problem. And, and the ones that are all in, in life, they get everything, by the way. If you're all in, you get everything. But if you're not all in, this disposable mindset causes, ah, I can get somebody else. Ah, it's not working out for me. That is a problem. You have to get rid of that disposable mindset, which I think is very, very important. It's not an option. You have to re- recognize that. And because today, it's not, if you get a divorce, nobody's going to think anything less of you. Okay, big deal. It didn't work out. Part of the 50, 60%. Where before, it was like 1903, it says the numbers were like, like 7% divorce or 8%. It was like, it was a rare thing. But today, it, 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 unfortunately, it's becoming a very common thing um, to get, to get divorced because disposable, <laughs> again, disposable plates. So no disposable plates in your marriage, please. <clears throat> or anything. You should not have anything... Anything disposable, should, you should get that out of your mindset. Number two, he says, another reason why people marriages fail is what's in it for me? 
everything's about societies. What am I getting out of this? Like, I have many people, unfortunately, that ask me, um, I need a guy to do this, 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 this. You know, they, what's, you know, they come with the ex- tremendous expectations. And, you know, so I said, what, do you, what are you bringing to the, to the marriage? Just a toothbrush? What are you bringing into your marriage? It's not the way you come into a marriage. You don't come in there to, to take. You come in there to give. So they come in with what's in it for me. This is a very media, social media world, you know, watching, focusing on the wrong thing. What's in it for me? What am I getting out of it? And that's something that you don't ever, I learned that lesson. You're never going to get what you think you're going to get. And if you already have that attitude already, it's already the wrong attitude. Don't, don't come with a what's in it for me mindset. Your creator will bless you when you become a giver. That's why sometimes you get married to somebody who has kids, etc. Okay, so now you have to become more of a giver. Should be the worst thing that happened to you, that you should become a more of a giver. Now you have to give to your kids, their kids. You understand? It forces you to give. When you give, you feel good about yourself. When you take, if that expectation runs out, that's it. There goes the resentment card. Resentment, I'm resenting you. I see the patterns all the time. Number three, th- third reason today is a lot of society is not emotionally stable. Very, very low emotional stability in this society today. Very, very few people are in touch with themselves. Um, today, if you tell people to breathe, meditation, etc., you know, it's like the hardest thing in the world for them. Very, very, people, very few people are in touch with themselves. So if you don't, you're not in touch with yourself, then how, can you, how could you be... Uh, you only can give what you, what you have. And sometimes we are bankrupt ourselves and we look for bankrupt people. And what happens? You're not going to build a business with two bankrupt people. So you have to be rich spiritual, rich mentally, rich emotionally, have emotional resilience. And the practical reason there is not always taking things personal. And the, the more we take everything personal, the more emotionally we, make, we become self-centered, very low self-esteem today, a lot of codependency, a lot of attachment. But all of this is coming from a very, very spiritual, weak generation. And that's where uh, today, it's just, you see a lot of a victim mindset today. Today's the majority is, how can I become a victim? Give me the self-pity, feel sorry for me mindset, instead of, how can I grow from this, etc. Number four, a lot of chutzpah. <laughs> not a chuppah, not, chutzpah. A lot of chutzpah, this generation. A lot of chutzpah, a lot of chutzpah. A lot of, a lot of people not working on themselves. Again, same, same thing. So that, that, I agree with that 100%. Um, and unfortunately, I have seen, again, I'm not going to stereotype, but what I've seen is men, men are not uh, becoming men. Women are generally more spiritual than men. Women generally are more spiritual than men. Generally. They're much more immune. They're built differently. But men are not picking up that tab. Um, and men have to be stronger. Men have to have more chachma. And I don't see that responsibility of the world. The, the men are becoming very, very weak. Um, and it's like, it's easier to train a, a child to be resilient than getting a person, an old man, to set in his ways to, to change. Uh, and that's something that you really, really have to, we have to work on. Men have to be the chachma. Men have to be the light. She's just a receiver. But today it seems sometimes a lot of it is the opposite. And that's where men have to really work on themselves. So let's, he, t- he takes 10 reasons. 
10 reasons, pretty much, the really dumb mistake smart people do, okay? A lot of it is, is, is very connected to Rabbi Rush's book, etc. You know, so first, first mistake, which, again, I, I, I agree with this 100%, this one 100%, and he says the problem with the first one is mistaking infatuation for love, Okay? How many times do I see personally in my own rehab program, okay? People that barely know each other, all of a sudden they're infatuated with each other. You, there's no possible way you just got off of heroin, you just got off of, how could you be in love? How could you be in love? You understand? They're infatuated. Infatuation and love is not true. It's not, doesn't mix. But what the, Hashem does in order for Him to make you attracted to your spouse, he gives you that infatuation. He gives it to you. Because if he doesn't give it to you, you would never get married. So he gives you that rush in the beginning, but then he sort of now, okay, you have to take it away and build it through the marriage. You understand? This is why people are so confused. They're so confused. And it's pretty much the same thing as the Jews in Egypt. The first day, the Jews got out of Egypt without them doing anything. And then they had 49 days to go build that original light. So we also, when we fall in love with our spouse, we get in love, we have that, that uh, love chemical, the dopamine, that's given to you by your creator, believe it or not. It's given to you by your creator. Otherwise you would never commit. Otherwise you would never commit. And this is where Rabbi Wawa Jacobson says something very beautiful. He says, Yaakov married Rachel. He was in love with Rachel. Right? But he got Leah. Paid and switch. You're married to the Rachel, the beer, next thing you know, oh, Leah, Leah's tired, Leah's this, Leah's that. You ha- your job is to make Leah into Rachel. Your job is to make Leah into Rachel. But this concept about the infatuation, this is the constant uh, LA syndrome, three months and out, infatuation, love, love, love. And then all of a sudden, infatuation is also, again, it's given to you by your creator, but it's also a person experiencing a mixture of euphoria coupled with delusion. Tinted hysteria filtered through the lens of mania. And this is what this infatuation, I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it all the time. You can't feel everything all the time. It's like a strike. It's like a match that strikes and then it goes away. Just the same thing as spiritually. You can't feel connected all the time. It's impossible. It's not going to, it's not, you can't feel connected all the time. There's, There's times that you feel connected, there's times that it goes. It's just like a wheel. It's just like the world, the night and the day. And in fact, unfortunately, infatuation blinds, love blinds. What are the key differences between infatuation and love? Is infatuation blinds you. When a person is infatuated at the stage, it's easy. He starts looking over. He doesn't see the, 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 the person he's going out with. He knows that person's toxic for them. But they're so infatuated with that person that they overlook all the garbage that they should really be paying attention to. You know, Sam, that's the difference. When you're infatuated, you're not making, you're not, you're not using your brain. You, you just, you, it's almost like a drug, almost like a love dependency, codependency, and thing. You, 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 you get blinded. Love is blind. Practically, infatuation blinds you. Love is something that takes time. Love takes time, and this is why most couples, when you see the love goes, that's better throughout the marriage versus just infatuation. But he gives you the infatuation. Where you to make you to commit because otherwise you wouldn't commit. If you didn't have the infatuation, you wouldn't commit. 
So that's the number one mistake that couples make, that they're mistaking infatuation for love. It doesn't mean you love them, you love the way they make you feel, you love what they do for you, you love the way you feel around them, but it's not, lo- it's not love. Love, remember, falling in love takes about five minutes. Standing in love is a lifetime. We need to stand in love. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And this is where even Reb Nachman says that, I'm sorry, the Arizal says that even if you married the one, you don't think you married the right one, she'll eventually get a spark of your original soulmate. So she becomes the one. Do you understand? So if you're, if you're not with the one you're with, love the one you're with because she'll end up becoming a spark. But remember, this is a marathon. We don't want to, nobody, same, you know, it's pretty much the same thing with this concept, with everything in life. Like, for example, let's say you're, you take too much coffee. Oh, I feel coffee, I feel energy. And next thing you know, at two o'clock, the guy's sleeping on the floor. <laughs> you understand? Anything that boosts your sugar up too much, eventually there's going to be a crash. So smart people do not go jack themselves with sugar and coffee because what happens? There's the mood. Up, down, up, down. You want to have stable mood. You don't want to have an up and down mood because what happens when you go up? You're going to go down. So you never want to go too, too, too up. So the same thing with this infatuation. It's not real. It's not real. It gives it, you, you do have it for a, for a moment to get you connected. But after that, you should be looking for long-term, uh, long-term, not uh, Dodgecoin uh, marriage mindset. You got me? This, the world was in Dodgecoin. I don't know where, you know, my barber says, I don't know if I'm going to be here next week when Dodgecoin was going up. Because now I'm in the crypto world. I said, do me a favor, make sure you don't lose, I'll book the appointment. I promise you, you will be here. <laughs> Next thing you know, he doesn't want to cut hair anymore, he wants to be a, a crypto trader. Do me a favor, stay grounded, stay grounded, stay grounded. He obviously got the lesson, and he's still cutting hair. So, but the fact that he thought that he can go retire because of a Dogecoin, it just goes to show you the generation of constantly fast money, fast things. And at the end of the day, what do they get? Nothing. They get nothing. Second really dumb mistake. So the first one is mistaking infatuation with love. Second really, really dumb mistake is believing, thinking I should have done better. I could have done better. That's a mullet, by the way. I could have done better. Could have married prettier. I could have married more handsome, more successful, etc. The marriage and the bracha and the blessing in your life comes after the marriage, not before. After the marriage, I say that a thousand times. The blessing comes through peace. Shalom is the greatest vehicle for blessing. If you work on yourself, you bring peace in your marriage, the blessing comes afterwards. So obviously, when everything, I should have done it, I could have done better, I could have done this. This is what your creator gave you. He gave you this challenge. You could have been a Taurus, you could have been a Scorpio. What are you going to do? This is what you have. And your attitude on what you have is, makes a big difference. Because when you can't change the situation, it forces you to change yourself. And I always tell this all the time. There's a reason why God created the 13 attributes of mercy. Patience, slow to anger, throw sins out, no resentment, all that. It's because it's teaching us. That's how we perfect our character. We perfect our character when we have somebody against us. Period. It's very difficult, by the way. Tremendous work. But that's the only way you can perfect your character. And when you perfect your character, 
then Hashem blesses both of you. He blesses the general soul. But remember, what's always in the, the always in the way? The always in the way is the ego, 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 control, fear. Nothing's new under the sun. And this is why the Chavaz Lavava says, explains that in order to have bitachon, a person has to fully embrace that Hashem loves me and He does what's best for me. So the fact that I got married to that, to my, that specific spouse in that specific situation, Hashem loves me and He does what's best for me. Not He hates me and He gave me this spouse. This is driving me crazy. We're always going to have somebody to blame in our lives. And that blame is the number one way to stay in a problem. The real challenge occurs when things aren't going smoothly. Every married person has to make accommodations. You have to be able to make accommodations for your spouse. You have to be very flexible. This is why Ashkenazim, they put the mezuzah slanted. That means it's not straight. <laughs> Bend. Be very flexible. Humility means I'm looking at the bigger picture, which is shalom. I'd rather be in love than be right. I'm looking at the bigger picture in life. Bigger, looking at the bigger picture. Versus, I need to be right, which is all due to ego. Who needs, what do you need to be right? The more kavod, the more honor you seek, the more your creator runs away from you. Period. The more, that's the formula. The more honor you want from people, the more your creator says, go get, all, you want, all you're thinking about is yourself. But the more you're willing to look at the general, at the general, this is why our sages say that one who prays for others is answered first, because that person's not thinking about himself. Prays for others, he gets answered first. How come? Exactly that, because you're less self-centered. And this is why the Rishis Chachma quotes the Zohar explained that before you were born, you and your spouse were one unit, one neshama that got split up into two. And each one of us comes with a different package. I always tell people, it's every, everybody has a package. If you drive a convertible Ferrari, you don't have a trunk. You don't have a trunk. But if you have a Range Rover, you can't go as fast. Not every car you could do the same thing with. I'm giving you an analogy. There's no car that has a big trunk and can go that fast and... And do exactly what you, in your head what's going to make you happy. But remember, your, your creator gives you a person usually, usually to build your character. And it's divinely ordained. So that's why it's very, very important to understand that. And he gives a beautiful example from this guy, John Got, Gottman. That he's saying, he, this guy predicted 94% of divorces. And some of the, some of the uh, factors that determine the, the divorce is, is contempt. How much contempt did the couple have? You know, you're sitting with a couple. He does, yeah, I think he's not, he's not, he's not good at this. So they're talking. What are they talking about? Contempt. Like, I don't care what you're saying. You don't know what you're saying. That the ratio of appreciation versus contentment, one of those, were one of the, those was one of the ratios that caused most couples to get divorced. You see coupling, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. That kind of stuff is no good. No contentment. Just listen. Maybe this is something that you need to, you need to work. Contempt is not hatred, not quite anger. It's rolling your eyes. What's wrong with you? What are you talking about? Can't do that. You have to be very, very, very. So that's one of the reasons why it's a really dumb mistake um, to unfortunately um, believe that you didn't marry the right person. Because your whole mind, you're gonna, basically you're walking around with a heavy heart and saying, 
I didn't marry the right person, and et cetera, et cetera. And that itself is going to, when I believe, when I didn't believe I married the right person, all of a sudden my marriage becomes an obligation. And I'm, I'm burdened by this marriage. Instead of looking at it like, Hashem, this is the person you gave to me, this is an opportunity for me to go to another stage. This is an opportunity for me to grow. Not easier. This is all difficult. We're not saying this is easy. You might have to get a root canal after this. You might have to do whatever you need to do. But if it doesn't, just because something challenges you, when something challenges you, this is how you get changed. But when you don't have challenge, you can't change. Number three, the three things really dumb people make, mistakes, really smart people that make dumb mistakes, is they forget that love is the glue to, of the marriage. So what happens is, this is a very common thing. As time goes by, we get very comfortable in our marriage. We, start, we stop doing what we used to do in the beginning. So that becomes an end. So we, start getting, we don't take care of ourselves. We don't say I love you. We don't say hello anymore. We just do our own thing. And this is a problem. You're not gluing it together. You have to have a lot of date nights. I myself have a, you know, one or two nights a week. We go out 100% non-negotiable. Because once that goes, once that spark is gone, it just becomes the, the routines, going through the motions, going through the motions. You have to, he advises here, and very, very important to, of course we all have kids, etc. but you can't have the, your kids be your whole life. You know, when your husband says you, you put your kids in front of your husband, what happened to me? So you have to have that. You have to, it's not just about the kids, it's about the whole picture. Because remember, your kids will be affected tremendously if you have love between both of you. But if you have resentment both of you, you're thinking you're overdoing it. At the end of the day, your kids are going to pay the price when there's no love. <laughs> Clearly, many studies show that when there's love in the marriage, etc. And again, you do this because, very simple, there's a simple, simple concept. When I feel good about myself, I treat others well. When I don't feel good about myself, I don't treat others well. I just, you know, boost. We'll do another class on this, but another great Joe Dispenza concept. Another great Joe Dispenza concept. That first something becomes your mood. If you hold energy, it becomes your mood, right? You become moody. And then after mood, it becomes your temperament, right? Oh, he's in a bad temper, bad ruach. And then it becomes your personality. So you could see, if a person's not working on himself, it goes from a mood to a personality. And this is a, uh, you know, this is a very, very big problem. But that's a whole different class on together. That's a whole different Megillah. But you could see, this is where, why does Reb Nachman say in Lesson 9, that prayer changes your spouse. Prayer changes your marriage. Because prayer changes you. You don't, really, you don't walk around without an energy. You're not projecting. So prayer changes everything. Changes your quality of your shalom bites based on your quality of tefillah. Practically, we could just say it scientifically. If I go pray and I release all my emotions, is exactly what prayer does, is bodhidut. You're releasing all the negativity. You walk out of there completely feeling good about yourself. Somebody says something, you're not going to take it so personal. And you're not going to be you know, projecting your own issues. But if we don't pray, we hold on to that stuff, then that's probably what Rahman's really telling us. It's not about changing things in heaven. It's about changing things within you. Because when you walk around in a good mood, everything takes on a different meaning. But when you're we're not walking around in a good mood, everything's about you. The ego makes us very self-centered. So that's the third, mis- that's the third mistake. The fourth mistake, again, I, I, pr- I didn't read the whole book, obviously, uh, but just, just to get you guys the, the little bit of the synopsis. 
Forgetting that respect becomes first. Very, very important respect. Respect is huge in a relationship, both for men and women. We just want, everybody wants respect. And obviously, um, specifically women. Women need a lot, a lot of validation and respect. And this is where uh, a person needs to be, you need to respect. Just because you're married doesn't mean you should be comfortable. And this is where things, unfortunately, the respect goes. So lack of respect lack of respect and lack of recognizing who you married, etc., that becomes, etc. I think, um, you know, also not only just respect, but respecting that that person is, is, is doing what he can and not judging, judging, like the Baal Shem Tov says. Judgment blocks all love. We do too much judgment and not enough respecting. And this is why it's very, very, very important that, you know, again, you can change this with your relationship with your Creator. If you, respect, if you respect your creator, you'll respect your spouse. But if you don't respect your creator, you don't respect your... I mean, I can't tell you how pretty much everything's connected to your relationship with your creator. Everything's connected to, connected to Hashem, to your creator. Because your creator really is just showing you through people what's going on below. And the Zohar says clearly, what's happening below is happening on high. There's nothing new. It's the same channel. What channels below, it's the same channel above. Number five, forgetting that women need to be cherished. Okay? Very, very important. A man has to understand that a woman's Bina. She's the concept of the moon. She needs a lot of light. She needs a lot of reassurance. She needs a lot of validation. It's the way she's wired. Constantly have to cherish her. Constantly give her compliments. You constantly, constantly cherish. And Rabbi Nachman tells us, that because that's how they were, they're the moon. They need, they're the receiver. They're not the sun. You're the sun. So you have to give a lot of cherishing to your wife and giving a lot of love to her and a lot of validation. And if you do that, you'll save money on the, on the uh, American Express bill. Because if she's not getting it from you, she'll get it from Instagram and she'll get it from uh, Saks, Saks and Neiman's or whatever it is. Somehow she's getting that kavod. Remember, clothing also boost the kavod of a person. And it's going to happen. So this is why you could see constant, very, very important, that women need to be constantly reassured that they're loved. They normally have, they normally have, again, not everybody, don't write me emails, I don't read them if they're just venting about these situations. In general, we're talking about in general, they are the concept of the moon, they need much more honor than men. That's the, way it's, that's the way God runs the world. They need much more. If the man needs more honor than, than a woman, then you have a big problem. You have the reverse role. You have the goalie and the, and, the, and the forward in the wrong position. And this is where man has to say, I'm sorry. Women cannot be wrong under any circumstances. Okay? That's just the way it is. It's the way God made it. You have, a, you have a problem with that? You can have a class action lawsuit against Hashem if you want. See where that gets you. But it's usually the ratio of apology is 100 to 1. She'll apologize one time, you'll apologize 100 times. But that's the way God, this is what God wants. He wants you to lower your kabod. Why do you need such an apology? Why do you need such an honor? Remember, and to the extent that you, you, you give her light, you get the reflected light. That's the whole thing. It's basically how many times, like just practically, you, you own a business. How many times does the customer apologize and how many times does the 
business apologize. If you're, if you're still in business, the business apologizes a thousand to one. Very rarely do I hear the customer saying, I'm sorry. Unless you have some like customer from heaven or something. But customers don't say, I'm sorry. What do they want to hear, the customer? They want to be validated. And then that's it. They just want to be heard. They want to be validated. And they want to make sure that they're heard. When you interrupt the customer, they get angrier, correct? Yes. You don't yell at a customer. Obviously not. And as the popular verse says, the customer's always right. So nothing is new. The customer is your wife. You're the merchandise. If the merchandise is not so great, the customer complains to get the, cust- the merchandise better. And then the customer wants to be validated, etc. By the way, this is a Mishnah. Uh, the difference between a fool and a smart person. And it all talks about how you, how you speak to that person. The Mishnah talks about what's the difference between a fool and a fool. Whether the person is able to understand, they're not quick to answer, they're not, they're not defensive, they listen and then they respond, they don't, uh, they don't lose control. So these are areas that women needs to be cherished and one of them obviously is obviously the nikud of hod. Hod is splendor, hod is humility, the man has to go and sh- ch- cherish her because at the end of the day, believe it or not, you have to believe this, Gemara says, the parnasa comes from your from her from her. Parnasa comes from your from your wife, not your girlfriend. So you have to cherish her, and then you will be blessed. Rabbi Rush says something beautiful. He says, when you take the load off of the bearing to your wife, because of the curse is that she's under you from Adam, should be under man, then Hashem takes the curse of you having to make a living with, with bitterness. Mida measure for measure. You don't make demands on her. Hashem doesn't, he takes off the, that curse from you. Beautiful concept. So this is why if you recognize the Parnassah comes from her. This is why when you get the, if people get divorced, she gets half of it. Spiritually, she deserves half of it. Because half of it came from her. So that's why she gets half of it. Beautiful concept. So be very, very cherisher. Again, very, very important. Very, very important concept. Number six. Really, really dumb mistake people try to do is they try to change their spouse. Obviously. Try to change somebody's arrogance. Trying to change God's arrogance. Trying to change anybody's arrogance. Change what you don't like about them. What about them? What about, what about that person that bothers you? Is something you need to work on yourself. So God's showing you a mirror. Talk to the mirror and say, change me. Because all you're getting, all you're seeing is a reflection. People... If they vibrate on a very on love, all they see is the God is the divine in everybody. When you get to a point where you're like super, 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 super consciousness, all you see is the good in everybody. All you see is love in everybody. You don't see nothing bad in that person. But when a very low level of consciousness, what do you see? All you see is the wrong in that person. That's because your 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 consciousness is completely off. Got nothing to do with the person, so they don't change them. They see the divine in them. Azamra, looking at the good in them, they see the divine in them. That will bring Mashiach. That will bring Mashiach. If we're able to always, if, imagine if we all walked around and we all saw the divine in everybody, and we dropped all the judgment and all the hate, and we just saw the good in everybody, all the love in everybody, Mashiach will come tomorrow. 
Today, Moshiach will come today. But obviously, Sinat Chinam is seeing the bad in everybody. Hatred, and the jealousy, evil, evil, envying, evil eye, all this garbage. Oh, lower levels of conscience. So, jealousy. I mean, it, it's such, it's, I don't understand it, but it's, it's such a bad, con, bad way to live when you're jealous and evil and have this negative mindset to evil eyes. We should have to be worried about evil eyes. You're jealous about somebody, either copy what he's doing, ask him for help, or celebrate him, be happy for him. He worked hard to get there. Don't ever be jealous of people. You're going to go to the gym, you see jealous of a guy who's working out, he's in great shape. He worked hard. He worked hard. Gemara says, a person has wealth, it's because Hashem gave it to him. Be happy for him. Don't, be, don't, be, don't live in a miserable mindset because all you're doing is sabotaging your own blessing. So again, women also, do not try to change your husbands. Do not try to change your husbands. You need to work on, again, changing, changing the way you view them. Number seven, forgetting that talk means something different to women. Women communicate completely. For women, communication is essential. It's part of her nature. She creates a relationship. She needs a bond. Hashem gave her the concept of speech, as the Gemara says. Nine measures of spe- ten measures of speech came to the world. Woman got nine of them. Nine of them. Nine measures. I mean, the whole world got ten measures of speech. Woman got nine of them. So they need to speak things out. And you need to listen. Not to be understood, but to understand. You need to listen. You can't say, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. That, that, get that out of your head, no matter how busy you are. You need to be able to listen. Most men spend time talking about a lot of things more important than their wives. This is why married people, obviously, they don't spend time talking to their spouse. Communication issues. So you have to let it, you have to speak, and you have to validate, and you have to, even if she wants to talk about something else, talk, talk, talk. You don't have ten measures, of, nine measures of speech. She does. So you have to understand where she's coming from, that she just needs to talk. And you have to listen. You have to listen. This is the way God made, made, God made her. You have to re- really see the big picture and see God, she wants to speak. I need to listen. I need to talk. We need to talk. Number eight, judging your spouse based on your experience. Right? How many times do we, we go into relationships with our own projections, with our own baggage? And then we judge them based on our own views of life, our own, etc. Again, that's based on your experience. That's not reality. Your experience. Your experience has not been reality. Everybody's completely different. We, we are not here to judge. But sometimes because of our experience, we judge them based on our perspective. Again, lack of, lack of, uh, lack of humility. Arrogant. Arrogant people judge. Judge, judge, judge. Who are you to judge? In a good state of consciousness, we don't judge. We look at the good points. Number nine, forgetting that you are best friends. Very important. Would you hate your best friend? No. Would you resent your best friend? No. Would you pray for your best friend? Yes. You have to remember you are best friends. Your best friends and husband and wife are meant to, to love each other and they're meant to be good friends. Having that friendship is very, very important. You would never treat your friend like that. So you have to be able to have that friendship. It's very, very, very important. You need the friendship. You need the friendship. But this is why the, I think this is why the Gemara says, a person who doesn't learn Torah, he's going to have terrible sufferings upon him. Pretty much. This is where it's going to come from. <laughs> you don't know what to do. You know, you're in the middle of a zoo. You don't know which animal to go to. You don't have a map. 
You're looking for the elephant, you're looking for the giraffe, but you're hanging out with the monkeys. Like you're in the wrong, you don't even know where to go. And then you get hit with a coconut. <laughs> you don't even know where to go. That's the problem. When we don't learn Torah, we don't have a direction, we don't have a map of what God's giving us. What are we, what, where, how does she made? You know, you would never, you would never in a, in a million years go into a business without knowing everything about it. And why do people lose everything in business? Because they don't know anything about the business, they don't have the experience in the business. It took me a very, very, very big lesson in my life to say, I'm not ever going to do a business that I don't know. The same thing, before you get married, you have to know everything, how, what, what, what woman, what makes a woman, what, what, how they think, how, what men think, and be able to do this. And when you have that, you have everything. But when you don't have that, you have, you have everything. Number 10, the last, and the, I believe is the biggest mistake out of them all, according to Rabbi Rush. Criticizing your spouse. Criticizing. Criticizing is the number one no-no. Criticizing. You cannot criticize anybody. Because that just, people, are, people need approval. People, we, people need approval, number one. They fear rejection and they're very sensitive. So that when you criticize, you're hitting those three, three wires at the same time. You're not approving them. Their fear of not good enough and you make them feel unwanted. So that's going to just create a bigger, bigger problem. Bigger, bigger issues. And the more you criticize, what's going to happen? Well, they're going to get validation somewhere else. And, that, and then you're going to deal with other issues. You understand? Criticism, you deal with other issues. Just they're going to go somewhere else for the validation. Somewhere, somebody's going to give them love. Somewhere's going to, somebody. And now you have a whole different situation going on that you could have just fixed if you were more present in the relationship. So Meshem, help us all. We should have no criticism whatsoever. Absolutely, Rabbi Rush says, absolutely no criticism. Not even on religion. Not even on anything. No criticism. Criticism is judgment. Love, criticism blocks love. And then when you're criticizing others, what do you think your creator is doing to you? Criticizing you. Why would you want that? Why would you want that? It's because we're not aware. We're not aware. So, may Hashem help us all that we should all not make really dumb mistakes. We can be very smart people, but we make really dumb mistakes. And we should all learn from this. Have a great day.